quantity that's uh, phenomenal scale. Uh, I think uh, the founder said that by July August, the, the business was back to 100% and then, you know, I think they're looking at growing by more than 50%, 50% uh, uh, year on year. Uh, at least by Jan, it was more than 50% of uh, regular business. Um, so it's, it's a pretty interesting uh, revival, I would say, right? And um, uh, majority of the services are on repair, uh, like air conditioner repair, maintenance and so on. And uh, hair and beauty is a big segment for that, right? As you mentioned, one third of them are women. And uh, this is also, these are things that will stay beyond the... Uh, Stay beyond uh, the pandemic itself, right? I mean, because um, I think the behavior change has happened, right? So if I'm, uh, as a woman, I think if you're going to go get a, uh, like a haircut or, you know, hairstyle, uh, whatever it is that you guys do, right? I mean, I guess for that, it would make sense to visit a salon, but if it's some kind of a waxing or threading session or whatever, you'd rather prefer that someone come home and do it. So, uh, you know, I have worked in home services for a very brief time, and I can tell you that it's a very difficult business, right? Quality control, standardization, at scale is just a phenomenally difficult problem to solve, right? Uh, and even if you do solve that, then the, the other part about, you know, you know Inducing loyalty in your partnership stakeholders, right? Because what's to say whether they can, you know, uh, take away all of your customers uh, on the side and, you know, charge less and so on, right? So, uh, it's a very difficult business and I think they're investing in growth and expansion. I see that they're expanding internationally to uh, the Middle East and Southeast Asia and so on. Uh, we did cover some of their uh, uh, operational uh, uh, stuff uh, on one of the episodes. Uh, I think it was with Anand Vidur, uh, Puri of Bessemer Ventures. Bessemer is an investor and uh, I think they probably came in with a CDC uh, and they still own about 10%, uh, so good for them, right? Uh, do check out that uh, podcast uh, for a little more perspective on urban company. Right. Um, next, we have Elastic Channel News. Elastic Channel, which is a Pune-based company, has raised $75 million as part of a Series B financing round. This was coded by uh, existing investors of the ventures and process ventures. Existing investor Calvary Capital also participated in the round, which takes the four-year-old startup's value uh, startups today uh, up to date funding to $130.5 million. Over the past year or two, many e-commerce companies, both offline retail and fintech startups, are racing to work with mom and pop stores. And this is something which we have been discussing in our uh, previous round of as well. Now, Elastic Channel helps these merchants uh, uh, who typically have to spend at least a couple of days a month to visit big cities and secure inventory, and so they're reliable and affordable goods directly from big banks. On the other side, it's also advantageous for big brands as well because it enables them to significantly expand their reach. Elastic Plan today operates um, in close, uh, close to 300 cities in almost every Indian state and the startup works with over 125 neighborhood stores and plans to expand uh, its reach to 1 million stores in the next 18 to 24 months. Now, I'm not sure if I've ever heard of big companies directly supplying uh, uh, stocks to Kirana stores and this opens up a whole new world of opportunities, right? Yeah, this is a very, very interesting uh, business and I had fun doing a little bit of research on them as well, right? So, uh, um, so primarily, you know, what they're trying to do is uh, bypass this whole distribution and wholesale network that, uh, you know, all of the big brands, uh, including, you know, the FMCGs and the platform providers and the pharma guys, and irrespective of what industry you operate in, require to, uh, you know, go beyond the urban and beyond the tier one, tier two cities, right? Uh, so as they say, I mean, their, their promise is to look at the $600 billion of consumption, um, uh, you know, beyond the, beyond the cities, uh, right? And they do make the point about, you know, rural consumption growing faster than urban. And I think rural will uh, rebound faster than urban, uh, you know, after the pandemic as well. Uh, so they're fairly full-stack on that. Uh, so what they're offering is like a crowdsourced logistics network, uh, financing, and then, you know, they have very good technology capabilities as well that give you data and you can monitor transactions and stuff like that. Um, so their promise is also to uh, connect you to 10 million plus uh, rural stores, right? Um, and, uh, you know, the business is interesting because uh, I see this as a typical building shovels in a gold rush kind of a business, right? So uh, while the e-commerce players, while the other startups are going after these consumers, they are, um, you know, startups like Elastic Run are building infrastructure, building services, capabilities to help them go after these customers, right? So uh, you can look at their customer base, I mean, it's... Um, Everyone from Venkaisa uh, to uh, Amazon to, you know, some of the farmer guys, right, across uh, industries. Uh, especially whoever wants to connect with this uh, uh, beyond the urban, beyond the tier two cities kind of a thing. Um, logistics and connectivity is, uh, you know, it's going to be huge. Uh, we spoke about delivery in an earlier episode, right? Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, kudos to Elastic, Elastic Run, and I think this is a very interesting uh, business and one to watch out for, for sure. Also, I just add on a bit to that. Uh, like I said, these have opened up a world of new opportunities, right? Uh, if you typically look at these Kirana store owners, in a day, there's a lot of hours in which they're not actively doing business. So what Elastic Run has done is they're partnering with all the biggest e-commerce firms like Amazon and Flipkart and utilizing their workforce to make deliveries in, the, in these offers. And also, these Kirana store owners don't typically have a large amount of savings and, uh, you know, they typically need to sell out their entire inventory before they have funds uh, to get a new stock. And in recent years, Elastic Run has struck a lot of partnerships with many banks and MDFCs to provide credit to these merchants. So yeah, I mean, top of platform business uh, all in one, right? Next, uh, we have Stanza Living, which has raised $100 million in its latest fundraise. Um, this fundraise was led by Alpha Wave Incubation, or AWR, which is a VC fund managed by Falconet. Uh, Stanza Living provides affordable accommodation facilities to students and migrating people, and has presence in over 15 cities in, across India, which includes Delhi, Hyderabad, Bangalore, Pune, Indore, and Andhavan. Now, the driver for the poor living segment is usually the young workforce who come to large cities after completing their you know, college or graduation. And uh, with the pandemic as work from home and hybrid working model become the norm, several uh, poor living operators like Zolo, Zolo says Oyo, Nestor, and Stanza Living too have taken a huge hit. So, what are your thoughts on this funding and like, how this space will evolve in the coming time? 
Zomato has recently amended its memorandum of association earlier this month to become a public limited company, meaning it says Zomato Limited. But Zomato has been going through the news and I think there has been some talk about Zomato being overvalued. 
Viva Claudia. No, and Viva could be a gross exaggeration, right? Uh, but, uh, yeah, see, um, yeah, I mean, the file that they're having processed last year, and, uh, you know, I mean, uh, they've given out some information, and people are slicing and dicing all of that information. The IPO itself has been in the works for a year, and they've been preparing for this as well, right? They've cut down their monthly burn to less than a million dollars. Um, that was last year, right? And, uh, which is pretty significant for a business like Zomato's, right? Which is very operations intensive, but, uh, that can, uh, again, uh, uh, scale really well, right? So, uh, that, that also signifies that, you know, I mean, this whole deep discounting on, uh, consumer internet services has, uh, sort of reduced, right? I mean, and you can see that as well. Um, because it's kind of become a normal behavior to order food as well, right? So, that behavior change has already happened. Um, you know, to be honest, this is where, you know, private equity valuations meet the reality of Indian markets, right? And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen a valuation figures of 6 billion to 7 billion or whatever. They're trying to raise about a billion dollars, uh, worth of money at this, uh, valuation. Um, if you consider the revenue at about 50 million, um, the valuation of uh, 6 billion is around 17 times that, 17 times revenue, which is definitely steep. Uh, similar businesses like Grubhub, for example, operate at uh, 12x of uh, revenue, right? And uh, people also make a point about growth being relatively flat, right? Uh, no, no comments on that. I mean, really, we have to, we have to see some numbers and everything on that front. But otherwise, look, I've always maintained that Zomato is one of those businesses that has weathered a lot of storms, right? I mean, uh, simply the leadership team has been fantastic, the execution has been brilliant. It's a 13 year old business, started out in listings for many other people, uh, founded businesses that, you know, died by the wayside, right? Uh, it was also one of the first consumer internet companies in India to expand to Middle East and Africa and do successfully at that, right? So, it's a duopoly with Swiggy is, um, is, is actually not uh, that big a deal, right? Because the market is big enough, I think, last, uh, last round of when we spoke about Swiggy's fundraise, we also spoke about how big the market itself is, right? So, plenty of players can exist, uh, two players, three players, whatever. Um, for me, I mean, I'm really looking forward to this uh, startup IPO, right? I mean, we've spoken about Delivery, Flipkart, Policy Bazaar, Nike, and, uh, and uh, some of the others that are uh, going to go IPO this year. I'm really looking forward to uh, Zomato. Uh, and this is a fantastic exit for um, folks like Influence, for example, right? Influence uh, own a large chunk of uh, uh, Zomato, and I think probably 25 plus percent even now, I would suppose, right? So, uh, great exit for them. Uh, they've had conviction from day one. It's also a good exit for all the employees who've been there with the company. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of uh, second-order effects from those employees making money, right? We discussed this also. So, I hope I don't get rejected again, man. And uh, I'm really keen on taking this idea. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Yep, interesting time to have. Oh, you're coming to the end of this week's round of writing a few amazing, highly interesting conversations for random for you. Anything that you can share about them with our the listeners today? So I'm always amazed when I talk to founders outside of the realm of consumer internet or SaaS and, uh, you know, understand how they are looking at things like, you know, profitability and uh, cost of goods sold and, uh, you know, revenues and basic stuff, right? I mean, business fundamentals, the way they look at it, uh, is this phenomenal? And that's what uh, Ishwar's uh, episode uh, reminded me of, right? And uh, Ishwar's a great guy, right? Uh, started out uh, with, the, with the intention of building a pizza restaurant uh, and then pivoted to, I mean, backward integrated to building machines for pizza restaurants uh, and the like, right? And, and they're doing really well. They're doing really, really well. Very interesting uh, insights on uh, cloud kitchens, kitchen automation, uh, the food industry itself. And, uh, this was a, a very good episode on investing in the enterprise. Uh, we nodded out on, uh, you know, all of the enterprise stuff and, uh, uh, you know, quite good, quite good, uh, very different perspective also, I would say, because the kind of startup scene that's in is very different from the likes that, uh, you know, we usually showcase. So, yeah, really looking forward to both of these episodes as well. That's, uh, super excited to listen to these episodes when it comes out. Um, so yeah, with that, we come to the end of this week's roundup. And, uh, thanks a lot, Russian, for joining us today and, uh, taking us to all the highlights from the past week. Also, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind people once again to, you know, stay safe, sanitize, isolate, and, uh, register for the vaccination as soon as you can. The really bad times, and hopefully the sooner, sooner the better, right, for us as, as we, uh, deal with this pandemic. And also, there's a lot of, uh, negativity going on social media, but I'd like to remind everyone that both the government and, uh, individual startups alike are doing the best to, you know, lend their support in this crisis. So yeah, Russian, thanks, and thanks everyone for tuning into this week's, uh, roundup. We'll see you again next week. Thanks, thanks so much, guys, and, uh, stay safe and take care.